Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Girls Like Us, the podcast that asks the question, what does a degree in literature get you with the answer, a podcast about children's books. I'm one of your hosts, Franny Comstock, and sitting across from me virtually is uh, Sophie. Just I just commented that she's looking like Gal Gadot in Death of the Nile, very stately. Enough and enough champagne, champagne to, to fill, fill the, the Nile. Nile. And enough champagne to fill the Yeti that I'm drinking out of. Um, now, did you watch it? I didn't. Okay. And I don't plan to. I don't no. think that could I don't think it could hold my attention. The army hammer of it is is pretty not fun to watch. Um, I don't and it's care also really about boring. that. I don't care about that because I just don't like I it doesn't bother me to watch that kind mm-hmm. of shit because it's like if they were doing like if they were talking if they were like doing an, an interview with Army Hammer, yeah. I don't want to watch that. And obviously I don't endorse Army Hammer, but I think mm-hmm. I think that bothers you more than it bothers me. I just can't watch it because it's like I, I heard it's boring. Yeah, and it is. And I have an idea for um him, by the way, which is I think, you know, how like they shot in the social network, some other like just real actor had to be his body double and do all the lines. Yeah. I think that they should just go back and replace him with that guy. I uh, who's love probably that. A, a worse actor, but I think it would, you know. I would. I mean, like, how yeah. how bad of an actor can that guy be, though? Because usually, like, no, stand-in jobs go to people who are already actors. Hold on, let me let me get to the thought I was going to share. Oh yeah, I'm drinking out. I'm drinking a drinking a vodka cranberry out of a Yeti, and I'm mm. feeling very Ohio and like insecure about that. No, I think I think that's great. Um, you know, that seems like it might be kind of a metallic drink combination in the Yeti. Are you getting kind of like a metallic tang? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. There's definitely... Well, the problem is that this is what I take my coffee to school in every day. Yeah. So I think what I'm tasting is like just like... Coffee juice. Every single day coffee coffee usage type situation. Yeah. But um, you asked me to expound on something, which mm-hmm. which I will, which is that I was out last night walking to the liquor store a little outing. That's like mm-hmm. the only way I can have fun these days, I guess. Hot um, girl walk to the liquor store. Hot girl walk. Oh, wait. Okay, wait. I have something. I do have something to say about the hot girl walk. Okay. So Anna X Sitar, you know, one of my girlies from TikTok, mm-hmm. um, she recently posted like a, one of her classic little cute TikToks where she's like, I heard about the hot girl walk and I want to be a hot girl. Mm-hmm. And so she like buys all these supplies to go on a hot girl walk. Like yeah. a little cute matching set, some like big like headphones mm-hmm. and like some new shoes. And um, that TikTok, you know, like goes like semi-viral, like all of her TikToks do. Mm-hmm. And I, the other day, saw the craziest thing maybe that I've seen on TikTok yet, which is somebody stitching Anna X Sitar's TikTok and saying, girl, do not go on a four-mile walk by yourself. Are you kidding me? Like, it's so unsafe. And she was like, and she was like being like, you have to make sure if you're going to walk four whole miles by yourself as a woman, that you have your location shared. Your friends know your route. Like this, that, the other. Like, absolutely blew my mind and and further aids in my theory that TikTok is just really accelerating sort of the 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 ultimate descent into like full surveillance carceral state. Yeah, cuz that's also like I'm assuming she was just going on a walk in the daytime in her in her like well-populated area. Yeah. Maybe if you're going like to like the dunes for an hour, like yeah, sure your location then, but 
Yeah, you don't need to if you're just like walking uh, back and forth. It made uh, me feel so crazy to a because, CVS or something. Yeah, right. Like I'm somebody who I I don't I don't participate in the culture of the hot girl walk. I think that that's no. crazy. Um, well, like let's talk like a, about let's talk about kind of this branding that's kind of come upon TikTok, where everything has to be branded as hot yeah, girl everything blank. has a name. Yeah, I thought today this was on my mind today because I went to Target. And I feel like there's such a I thing as a hot girl target. target run. Very good. And I thought about posting my my haul and saying ugly girl target run because it was a pack of uh, KN95s. Love a, it. A board game called Murder at the Motel and a uh, a bottle of Coke that like has like a one and a half serving size. Yes. I think I think the need to like aestheticize everything as hot girl like it. I don't like it, and it also gets into like the moralization of it because then it's like hot girls. Um, and I'm sure I participated in the hot girls for Bernie trend, but it's kind of going in that direction too, where when yeah. you think about it, you're like, well, not everything a woman does has to be hot girl to be. Well, it, it actually kind of contributes to the themes we're discussing today yeah. with the the book that we chose, where like everything for women has to be aestheticized. And it goes mm-hmm. into this classic thing that I get so fucking frustrated with, which is um, this need even in trying to, like, transcend the objectification of women into, I don't know, like, a higher plane of feminism, Mm -hmm. people always, like, it doesn't go in the direction that I believe it should, which is, like, full neutrality um, Mm -hmm. and the acceptance that, like— if you're ugly, that doesn't mean anything. And, like, right. like there's no, there's nothing assigned yeah. to you by being ugly. I saw and like, something, I saw a TikTok, and it was, like, um, talking about the different waves of feminism present on TikTok or different types. And one of them was bimbo feminism. And it said, and this is, of course, more inclusive than normal feminism. Which... Maybe it is. Which, like, because, but because it de- it depends how you're defining defining normal feminism like are you defining it as like second wave feminism where it's like unless you're wearing pants like we reserve the right to beat you with a bat (laughs) like I don't know um but it's this thing you know like where people will share a picture of like somebody like who's like deep into like treatment for some kind of illness and like perhaps even on the edge of death and be like share this if you think she's beautiful and I'm like my girl is out here fighting for her life right now and you're still assigning like aesthetic sort of like markers to her and it it really shows like I talk about this like I've been talking about this with some friends lately where like People need to fucking grow up and admit that they hate women. Like, yeah. And I don't say this in like a like a third wavy, like sort of centering whiteness feminism way. Like, I really don't. Like, I don't mean that like I'm I'm also not it saying would just like, save us a lot of time. Yes. I'm not saying that like me as a white woman like faces a unique oppression. Like I I don't believe that, but I just people fucking hate women. And it's mm-hmm. like it's so deeply real. And like when all of TikTok is being like, this is how to go on a hot girl walk, get a matching set and go outside and go for a walk. And it's like, it, it, it shows so well the intersection that girl between for treating my hemorrhoids like that girl. Right, <laughs> Have exactly. you seen that one girl who it's always her hand and she's like, um, anyways, um, and it's always like doing like, yes. like that yeah. girl style, but like truly totally legitimate. It's like filling up my 
my uh like flour and sugar jars in my kitchen that yeah. girl and like i'll be honest from a place of vulnerability that like i am like fully at war with my body right now like i got back from mexico now like a month ago and i i now the 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 team who works on my body with me my team, team 10 yeah team 10 <laughs> believes i have perhaps a parasite um because i've been just like i've been alternatively like having horrible horrible like diarrhea and yeah. then just like days on end of constipation since i got oh. back and i've like been on multiple different medications i've been like, on those on those biotics yeah i've like tried a lot of different things and it's just mm-hmm. like no matter what i do it keeps coming back and so i'm i'm at a real place of just feeling and like also like being on antibiotics like has totally yeah. like wrecked my skin like i'm having like acne all over my face it's causing like weird hormonal hair growth yeah my vagina is just like a slime ball for lack of a better term like I I just like truly feel disgusting and it and nothing will humble you like that because like I truly at so many at so many different like corners and junctures in my life I'm like wow I've I've arrived I've stopped having this like freaky Mm -hmm. obsession with how I look and like my like body and how I'm perceived and then like something like this will happen where like I am like like I am feeling out of control and it doesn't help that I'm in like a very stressful season with school too where I truly am like I don't even like Nick and I went out the other night just Mm -hmm. to like have dinner and like I literally had a panic attack about like like being looked at Oh my god. Type situation. You know I'm what sorry. I mean? Like it's no, just the it's worst okay. Feeling. It's just like the worst feeling. Like I just feel so insecure about like how I look right now and like how I'm being perceived yeah. to the point where I'm literally like apologizing to people about like having acne. Like it's just like t- brought me into like such a humble like like 17-year-old space. And so I don't know. Like I just I would encourage people to think about the way that their relationships with that type of, like, language, like the hot girl mm-hmm. walk and things like that, change based on where, like, what kind of, like, this sounds, like, very Christian, and I promise, like, I I don't use it in this way, but, like, depend on, like, what kind of, like, season you're at in your life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of, like, relationship you're having to your body at that point. Right, and and I think, like, also at the end of the day, like, when you're talking about the Anna X sitar stuff, now, of course, she can encourage me to go get Starbucks and try new Starbucks drinks and kind of squeal after them. Like, I'm not going to fight her on that. And I'm not saying this is her responsibility, but, like, the whole hot girl, that girl aesthetic does involve a lot of consumption. 100%. Which ultimately is, like, one of the reasons why, um, you know, body standards and beauty standards are the way they are. Because if we don't care how we look, then we're not going to buy makeup. We're not going to exactly. buy, you know, wild fable. No, and, like, Anna Exeter, like, that whole TikTok, she goes and she, you know, the premise at the beginning of the TikTok is, I want to go on a hot girl walk. I want to be a hot girl. A crazy premise in and of itself because for her to get on TikTok and pretend as a tiny little blonde girl who lives in Southern California with a perfect ass that she is not a hot girl is, like, honestly insulting to me, like— yeah. It's insulting to watch somebody go through. Like, I get it. Everybody's allowed to, like, have, like, insecurities and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, like, seriously, give me a fucking break with your little cute jokes about, like, not being a hot girl. Yeah. And her first step is, like, I'm going to buy new shoes and a matching set. 
Yeah. Matching sets, guys. When when Franny and I were in college and you went to the college gym, nobody wore a fucking matching set. No. And now, like, obviously, I'm going to the gym at, at my school with all of the my my queens, the 18-year-olds uh-huh. who I'm obsessed with. Everybody's in a mat- matching fucking set nowadays because we found a way to look hot even at the gym. Like, it's yeah. just, like— I don't know. Like, there's just times where it's, like, it's so fucking in my head. I, like, can't even, like, I feel like I can't even exist. Yeah, and and it's, like, and I think this book, like, that we're going to talk about today really dives into a lot of that. And it's, uh, this book was depressing. Yes. And it ended on such a real there was no kind of um arc for many of these characters. No. They didn't they didn't get to redeem themselves or have like situations redeemed for them. A few of them yes at the end of this book, but like it really there was also even some subtext in this book about how adults, I'm thinking about uh Horsehair's mom and the principal mm. like will even view each other based on on what they perceive um one's like beauty level to be. And it is exhausting. I I feel like you know, I've been working um, remote at at this job that I've had for the past, like, half year. And uh, I like it so much better, mainly because I don't have to um, show up every day and show my body. And yeah. honestly, like, this is not, like, like, it was shocking to me that for the first time in my life, people aren't um, automatically seeing how tall I am when I, when I walk in the room. Whereas mm. at my last job, the first thing my, my then boss said to me in the interview was, don't worry, um, my wife's tall too. I'm not intimidated by you. So. So fucking dark. Right. And like, you know, if it was a, a guy my height, I don't think he would have said that. Right. So it's just like. Or if it was things, a normal fucking person. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. If he was a normal man. Um, but like, yeah. So it's. And it it is. It is upsetting to think that like. And I know we're only in like our mid 20s, but like obviously this doesn't seem to go away, right? Like, no, and, and, and actually it's going to get worse because yeah. you age and that's right. obviously illegal. Yeah. Um, oh, right. So aging I mean, the fact famously I, illegal if you're a woman. Yeah. And like, I hate, I hate to think like this, but then I'll, I'll literally be like, Oh, well, I was so much hotter when I was 19. Like I looked so much better or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, because your body hadn't like, it just, it's, and I hate, hate, hate that I think that way. And I also hate that I feel quote unquote old at, at 24. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's something that I really have to push back on. Like, especially cause like, I would say like more than 50% of the people that I go to school with are younger than me. And by younger, I mean like, you know, 21 or 22, yeah. but there is something that like makes me feel like bad about myself when, mm-hmm. like, sometimes I'm like, wow, like, it seems like these girls who are, like, you know, 21, 22 are, like, having so much more fun and are, like, mm-hmm. so much more optimistic and, like, they're so much prettier than me and, like, all of these things. And then, you know, like, I I've talked about this. I don't think I ever – I don't know if I ever brought this up on the pod, but, like, when I go to, like, the locker room, mm-hmm. like, at the gym, at school with, like, all of, like, you know, the, like – 18, 19, 20 year olds, like I feel it makes me feel so bad about myself because I'm suddenly like, wow, I am like the crazy older person with a full bush who gets fully naked in the bathroom to like change into my swimsuit. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. like, I can just like feel like, and it, and it's part of it is like this thing where I'm like, I'm okay with getting fully naked in the locker room because like I am like an adult and I'm confident in my body and I feel very like neutral about being nude. And, like, and you're not going to go in one of those, the uh, stall. No. Those are like, so And nasty. fucking bang my elbows on the yeah. side trying to like get into my tiny swimsuit I bought like five years ago. Absolutely not. Um, I don't want to be barefoot anywhere near somewhere no. somebody is shit. That's not That's probably me. where you got the parasite from. Not uh, honestly, yeah, not Mexico. I, Cafe Serena. Yeah, <laughs> Cafe Serena. <laughs> Had I gone to Cafe Serena, they would have given me the antidote. Like, yeah, that's 100%. You didn't crack the code, though. You didn't uh, solve their riddle. I know. That's like <laughs> the riddle maybe... of when they were open and when employees were there. <laughs> right. Exactly. I couldn't. It was so, it was so, maybe it was like the parasite was starting to like root itself in my body, which is like why yeah. I couldn't solve the riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just like, uh, because I'm confident and, and I'm like, you know, okay with being like, you know, I'm naked. This is like in a non-sexual mm-hmm. situation. Like I'm totally fine with this. But then at the same time, then I go into this crazy thing of like, these children are probably looking at my body and being like, God, I pray that doesn't happen to me. Ugh, Which is such a, a mean thing feeling. to say about yourself. Well, and it's also, again, like, and not that this would would be gross, but it seems like you're perceiving yourself as literally like an 80-year-old woman who, like, is just, like, fully, like, in, the, also, in the nude in a locker room. It wouldn't be, but also the the body of an 80-year-old woman fully nude in the locker room also is not a bad thing. No, I know, that's what that's what I'm saying, but, I, but like, it's it's, like... You know, when you were a child and you would go to a locker room. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Exactly. Like you are, you are perceiving yourself as so much older than these women and that oldness being a bad thing. And not, yeah, not that that's bad either, but obviously that's a, uh, I would say a legitimate age gap versus 21 versus gra- graduated in 2019 versus graduated in 2021 is not. Right. Uh, no, yeah. That's not a hashtag age gap relationship. That's not no. age gap representation. You're right. That's not age gap love. No. Um, you're right. It's just like, I don't know. So so then compounding my frustration with like this sort of commercialization of the hot girl walk, which like, by mm-hmm. the way, you don't have to be hot to take a walk, honey. I do it every single day. Yeah. Like, um, but the sort of the commercialization of that compounded with then this woman being like, oh, honey, you should not go outside by yourself as a woman. Like, just had me so fucking enraged. I couldn't handle it. Because it's like, this idea, it's it's two different sides of the coin. One, the way that, like, we are... Um, the way that we're objectified as women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other side being the way that we use that preciousness. We specifically as white women, I'm I'm talking mm-hmm. about, use that preciousness and that experience of objectification to assign value to our bodies that mm-hmm. then like is carceral and is punishing towards other people who like you know what I mean? Like this right. idea of like any man is going to attack us and specifically men from like XYZ demographic. And yeah. the idea of protecting that value in yourself because it's a, it's an objectified value that's been assigned to you. It's it's just like an endless matrix of patriarchy that is punishing to women and to, to men. To anyone. Yeah. It's, it's punishing to everyone except for, for uh, white, cis, straight men, mm-hmm. literally. But even to them in a lot of ways that are, you I mean, know, it, is, it is punishing, but overt. They they are the le- the least. Exactly, yeah. Um, just like, I don't know. It's just so frustrating because it's like, I like the fact that, you know, the, the, the two 
different the two different systems of oppression overlap and they and they just feed into each other. It's just so frustrating. Like it's the same as like listening to like people in my law school class who, you know, like are like ostensibly smart and ostensibly well educated and like seem to have some sort of like at least foundational care about like Mm -hmm. justice be like I don't want to live in x place because it's a bad neighborhood and it's like your inability no your refusal to unpack that is like so fucking Mm mind-blowing and like it's just like so unfair like you are being unfair to yourself even by like upholding that system it's I don't know it's just like Sometimes it, it sometimes it's too much, and I feel so often, and and I do obviously, you know, I've mentioned it several times in the podcast. Now, I famously did pay a hundred dollars for an app that only mm-hmm. lets me see TikTok like for about an hour every day. Like, obviously, I don't spend what a straight hour on TikTok. Open? My apps, I can open any app. So, okay, I'll I'll, I'll give you my schedule. Yeah, between um between ten p.m. and seven a.m., I can't open any apps that aren't like texts and phone calls okay um like no no safari uh safari yes but like i can't go on like specific websites like i can get on my email Mm -hmm. i can get on my phone and i can get on my texts but like that's Mm -hmm. pretty much it um and i also i keep uh discord up so that if you know, yeah. you guys send me a message. I can interact with it. That um, is positive because social it's positive. Media. It's positive. Yeah. Like I have found, like I'm in two Discord communities: our Discord and then the Discord for um, the podcast Who Weekly. Mm-hmm. And I have literally, and I know this is like different for different people depending on what communities. I have only ever had positive life affirming experiences on 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 Discord. Like it feels like early internet days when like people yeah. like. We're just, like, chatting to have fun. Like, we should do a live chat sometime for, like, a, a movie or TV event because mm-hmm. the Who Weekly one always does those. And it's so fun because it's yeah. just people being like, oh, I just put my kid to bed and, like, so-and-so just did this on the Grammys. Ha, ha, yeah. ha. And it's just, like, people making shitty jokes and, like, interacting. And it's, like, you know, people from all over the world. And it's very fun. And and it's yeah. also moderated, too. So, like, you don't get, like, psychopaths in there. And you have to, like, you know, like, it's, like, our Discord where, like, usually we have to, like, like, people have to, like, search through our profile to get a link to it. Like, it's not, like, any idiot. Except for that one time that bot did Yeah, we did, we did get a bot in there for a while. I Zaire forgot what- or whatever. <laughs> oh, come back. We miss and he you. he was DMing. He was DMing all the girls. Being like, hello. Um... And I and I felt bad, too, bringing it up at first. Because I was like, what if this isn't a bot? No, what it was definitely just- a bot. Yeah. yeah um, but... So anyway, between 10 and 7, I can only get on those apps. And then yeah. for two hours, I have, like, between 7 and 9, I can get on any apps I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from 9 to 6, I can't get on any social media mm-hmm. apps. But from 9 to 6, I also have, like, I can override it for, yeah. like, specific periods of time. But it makes you write down why you need to override it <laughs> as, like, a system of accountability. So I will literally write down, like, because I want to— sh- I want to watch TikToks while I shit or yeah. because I need to post like a GLU Instagram or things yeah. like that. And so from uh, seven to six and then from three to 10, I have, or from six to 10, I have like free time, but nice. I'm thinking about making it eight to seven so that like while Nick and I are like hanging out at night, I don't like get on my phone to like look at tweets. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, that's what's I going on that. in my life. It's so dark. I paid a hundred dollars for it. I, I really can't <laughs> hey, believe it. You're getting it. a lot of use out of it already. Though. I am because that thing is on you. Like it literally will send me a message and be like, "Girl, get off TikTok." Doing the that girl uh, cold turkey diet for social media. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. Like it, it definitely is. And and like you can turn on one during the day. Like at any time. Like, so let's say I'm like trying to like get some work done or Mm -hmm. something like in an hour that I don't usually have it blocked off, like, or I can turn it on, like don't override mode. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. Um, anyway, let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about, let's talk about the list. Yeah. So I picked, I picked this book for, uh, this week. This was a book I read several times in high school. Really? Yeah. It was at my local library. I've never heard of this. Yeah, well, and I'm curious to see how many people have heard of it, because I originally wanted to pick a very similar book called The Market that I also read several times in high school, um, in which girls are assigned, they're like a stock market, and they're assigned their value. But then, number one, we learned it was written by a man. That kind of turned me off of it. And then, number oh, two, I didn't know that. we couldn't find an ebook of it. So I moved on to this one. Now, this author is a little, uh, how do you say that? I never can. Siobhan. Siobhan. Like Shiv, right? Yeah, like Shivroy, Pinky. yeah. Okay, um, so Siobhan, <laughs> Siobhan Vivian, um, you may know her from participating in the harassment of uh, that girl who said Sarah Dessen shouldn't be on a reading list. Uh, <gasps> she that was that? in her Wikipedia. Yeah, that's in this woman's Wikipedia. But she has written um, a lot more books than that. She's co-authored some books with Jenny Hahn, who wrote To All the Boys I Loved Before, which mm-hmm. we need to read that on the pod at some point. Um, so, like... Um, this book is a very intriguing premise to me. Yes. Every year at this school, a list is released of the prettiest and ugliest girls in each grade, ninth grade through senior. Um, so this book follows a week in each of those girls' lives. Um, after the list is released. After the list is released. So we've kind of talked about the idea of Gossip Girl. Did you have anything like this at your school? Like any sort of like like public burn book or anything? No, I'm trying to think there was something that I, I was maybe gonna, I was maybe gonna mention that kind of connected to this premise, but I also, I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Mm-hmm. I, well, you know, for the, my first year of high school, I went to a very, very large public high school. And then for the last three years of high school, because my family moved, I went to a very, very small all girls Catholic school. So the dynamics of those are are very different and mm-hmm. the sort of the the compet nature of you know constructing a list that says which girls are hot and which girls aren't you know probably yeah. wouldn't necessarily happen at an all girls school but there was always like like the days of like like the other day i was hanging out with one of my good friends who um, her and I like went through elementary school all the way to ninth grade together. And in our ninth grade year, like Ask FM was a really big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was like there's this girl that we we make fun of to this to this day, unfortunately, who who we know who who we believe that she's doing the same thing with her Instagram that she did with her Ask FM, which is <laughs> send herself like fake comments and questions. Yeah. Um and, and you know, people never really change with those things. But like, yeah, with Ask FM, you know, you could send people things being like, hey, like, we all think you're super fucking annoying or like mm-hmm. things that got sent to me being like, you would be really pretty if you weren't so fucking fat. 
Um, oh, my God. Or, like, you know, I mean, I obviously participated in it, too, like, to, you know, multiple people, including this girl we make fun of to this day, which is so fucked up. Oh, you bullied her on it? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we not not— not in a bad way, just like silly things. Like okay. in a bad way. In a bad yeah, way, yes. A bad but way. Yeah. I bullying a little bit strong of a word. Like I would say like making fun of because it was nothing that was like pervasive, like this this makes sense for an all girls small Catholic school. That that type of I don't we didn't have any sort of like I think the idea of being that interconnected with pretty much all, all of your classmates, at least in your grade. Yeah. And my school wasn't huge, I don't think. I think it was like in Your the, school's big. Well, yeah, it is. It wasn't like, it's not like a school, like, like some people go to public schools where you have like 10 or um, like a thousand to a grade or something. Like it wasn't, but it was, it was like in the, I think like 300 or 400 my graduating oh. class. Oh, that's not that big. That's not as big as I thought it was. No, but, but that's still enough that you probably have, there's several people in your grade you haven't spoken to. Yeah. You don't know the names I, of everyone. I want to clarify this person that we were, and I'll use your word, I'll own it, bullying. Um, okay, Lisa Rinna. This was when I was, this was when I was in public school, not when I was in oh, private Oh, really? School. Yeah. Okay. The private, I only ever, only ever bad things happened to me. I mean, I guess I did bully. You know, I, I, I didn't bully, but I definitely, I, well, we'll get into it because I, I related very much to one of the characters in this book yeah. with my sort of journey once I got to private school. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, like, but, the, like, public nature of, of this, that's interesting because I think I had experiences like that on Tumblr, but that's not necessarily people you know all the time. Um, and then, of course, I definitely bullied people yak. on Tumblr, too. Yik Yak was just racist at my college. Um, yeah. So they took it away. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that any any internet thing that gives people— I don't understand people who invent internet things that give people the capacity to post or comment things anonymously, because how could it be a vehicle for anything other than bullying? Yeah, like, case how in could, point— I feel like, I, do you think there's bullying going on on the Citizen app? Absolutely. Do you think it's like Uggo walking down 4th Street? Well, it, there's, I mean, there's a worse bullying going on, which is racism. Right, exactly. Yeah, but let's, <laughs> you know let's say, I mean? do you think high schoolers are bullying each other on the Citizen app? No, because they don't have it on their phones. No. But anything that's marketed towards people in their in their teens or tweens, that's like, and you can do this anonymously. Like, you know, you could one, like, I'm sure people have Snapchat accounts that are anonymous that they used right. to bully each other on. Like, yeah. that certainly existed at Loyola. I don't know. Like, even my, my knee-jerk reaction sometimes is like, what if I made, what if I made a fake Instagram account to send this person a piece of my mind? Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't like, want to... Link it like like one of like someone like a acquaintance or like a celebrity or or just anyone. Oh, not a celebrity. I would send that with my full chest. Um, yeah. there's a couple people, yeah, like former acquaintances when they post like totally insane things that you know yeah. I just kind of see from the background. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah, the 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 power to be anonymous and even more so, I think just in general, like social media, like I have definitely found myself in situations where like you say stuff you wouldn't say to people if you were talking face to face. And that really, that really is an issue. And like, that's honestly like I have to, 
even monitor, even though I'm not engaging with it, like on like TikTok and stuff, but monitor like how I feel about like comment exchanges when people are like truly so mean to each other. Yeah. Um, and just like crazy, like aggressive and stuff like that. I have to remember, I'm like, this is someone with anger. They're not thinking of this other person as like a, a person that they're like having a dialogue with. Like they're, right. they're thinking about it as like, I don't know what would they, but like, but that being, I think we've all done it and accompany that with the fact that tone is hard to read in text. Sometimes it's like internet is generally not good for um, maintaining healthy social relationships. No, like even, I don't know. I think that it's, I think that, you know, I I bring this up all the time. So I, I, you know, just indulge me listeners, Mm -hmm. but like law school has been kind of that for me because never have I ever been in a, in a situation where I'm in a room every day with people and obviously not all people, just like a contingent of like Mm -hmm. people I I dislike and people I don't want to be around. Mm -hmm. Like, and there are certain people, like I've never had this happen before, but there are, you know, certain people who I literally cannot find a single reason to like them and to like Mm -hmm. feel connected to them and the practice of having to be there and having being able to set the boundary of like you're not allowed to say certain things to me and like you're not allowed to raise your hand in class and say that you why would a woman want to be on a jury or something like that um (laughs) did I tell this story no yeah why wouldn't a woman want to be on a jury honey I know Uh, I don't tell lawyers I don't need to I I but we, we get we get the 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 general you get the idea yeah. like uh, there's a boundary you can set of saying I'm going to push back on these like insane things you're saying and I also mm-hmm. don't like you as a person but I do have to hold space for just like when I see you in the hallway being like at least pleasant and not outwardly rageful yeah and holding the line between like I think that this person and what that they what they say are harmful. But I also need to hold, like, I also need to hold a certain amount of, like, just, like, openness to mm-hmm. allowing this person to learn and change because that's the environment that we're in. Yeah. And, like, obviously, I'm not going to, like, let ignorant, hateful things fly. But I'm also, I can't cancel this person out of my life. Right. Yeah. That should be the title of your memoir. I can't cancel this person out of my life. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that, I, I don't when know, we like, our- me on the front. In yeah, like when we write our South Pacific, our full-length South Pacific parody. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cancel that man right out, out of my DMs. <laughs> right. But, like, it really is, like, there is this kind of compulsion because, yes, the cancel culture does not exist in the way that the right says it does. But also, we have to, we have to allow for people to be wrong. Yes, we have to. So who are the two freshman girls on the list? Yes, we we will go grade by grade. So the two freshman girls on the list are Abby, voted prettiest freshman, and Danielle, voted voted ugliest freshman. And they call her Dan the man. Oh, this is, that brought back some memories for some really dark, some really dark things that, like, there was a person in my, there was a person in my grade in like middle school who we bullied and called like a man. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. And just like so fucking gross. So fucking 
like homophobic yeah. and like like cisnormative. Yeah. yeah. I that I related to this this character just in that like like yeah, but people did like call me like like ugly sometimes and a lot of that had to do with with my height and like yeah. looking like you know quote, quote unquote looking like a boy. Yeah. Um so I related to that that character definitely and I do think that that's a common kind of I, I hope now that's become less common. Um, yeah, I think it has. Yeah, uh, but certainly, like, a common way of, like, taking someone down a peg. Yeah. Um, and so, Danielle, um, her storyline is that she's a swimmer. She met this boy over the summer at camp who goes to her school. He's, like, a kind of on the fringes of the popular group. Um, he's a football player. And this, they really fell in love over the summer and she really, really likes him. But this list gets released and he never like defends her or stands up for her or anything. He doesn't outwardly like disavow her, um, but he like will not defend her to his friends and he is embarrassed to be seen with her. Um, I thought there was a kind of an interesting scene in this where like he kind of moves her into like, I'm, I'm actually only dating you to like have sex with you or hook up with you. Like once she kind of gets like he, even though obviously he doesn't think this about her because he's wanting to have sex with her. um, He's still willing to kind of like let others um, perceive uh, Danielle that way. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole thing here is that she is really insecure about like, how because the list calls her Dan the man and so she's insecure about how like yeah they have like reasons her gender why they choose everyone yeah so she like buys this like prank prank Jesus pink frilly dress to wear to the homecoming dance that Mm -hmm. is like I wouldn't even call it the climax of the book but it's the end of the the end of the book yeah um and I don't know. It was super depressing because it was, like, this whole— Like, it just—this book really, really beat me down because it's so—it was so real in the ways Mm -hmm. that, like, we, as women, are constantly policing each other. Yeah. Which, you know, induces each of us into a system of, like, self-policing. And with Danielle's character, we really saw her— in real time being inducted into the system of self self policing yeah. in a way that was really gross and like yeah. she had all these things going for her like she was this like excellent swimmer but like the whole plot was you know about like the fact that she you know was like yeah she has one of the the kind of happier endings in this book yeah. i would say in that she breaks up with this boy and she during the the course of this week she's a really good swimmer um Hashtag Emily Fields. Uh, so yeah. she gets uh, called up to like varsity and then she tells her coach that she has to miss a practice because she wants to hang out with her boyfriend because she needs him to be like, I need him to, you know, think I'm pretty or whatever. So she lies about having an injury. Yeah. Um, but then she's able to come back and say like, I'm sorry, like I shouldn't have done that, whatever. Injured. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she kind of reconnects with her friend who like her friend was kind of telling her like, you know, he's not really treating you right. And she was resentful of that friend. She's able to connect with her as well as like some of the older girls on the swim team who all like have like very like similar bodies to her and are, are all very confident. Um, So she, she finds like kind of a new support group that way and learns to 
not think about her body in, in, a, in a negative way because it's allowing her to do something that she really wants to do. It's so crazy. I mean, like, obviously all policing of women's bodies are crazy, but it's so crazy that we denigrate women for being strong, <laughs> like having, like, strong muscular features. Yeah. And the insult is that you, like, look like a man. Like, it's it's just so, it's so perverse because, I don't know, I don't even have anything to say about it on top of that. But, like, this whole thing, you know, she has broad shoulders because she's right. a fucking swimmer. Like, yeah, I, it's just so it's so dark. I don't. I don't even like. I don't even yeah. have anything to say. Yeah, and I. I feel like we should almost. I, I won't say who who it is who wrote the list, but I will say we learn at the very end of the book the reasons given for putting every like the personal reasons given. One of them being that the one for Danielle was the person who wrote the list was tired of seeing Danielle and her boyfriend make out in the hallway, and that's why they like Danielle was put on the list and. I really liked kind of the commentary. One of the girls finds out who who wrote the list and why. Wait, she, you, why don't you want to say it? Just say it. I guess we can just say it now. It's one of the. It's the senior girl who is ugliest. Yeah, was in charge of the list this year, which um, I fucking knew from right. the fucking beginning. It was so. It was. I was. Our, I was like. It was either her. Or it was the older sister of the freshman who was prettiest, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whose name was Bridget? Amy. No, Bridget was the girl with the oh, eating Fern? disorder. Oh, Fern. Fern. Yeah. Whose sister's name was Amy? Uh, Abby. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, basic. So, one of the 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 prettiest senior girl um, learns that the year before her older sister had been in charge of doing this list. Um, and then she meant to end it by giving it to this girl, Jennifer, who had been voted ugliest three years in a row. So then when the list goes up this year, that's fourth year in the row. And I say voted, but really like this girl, Margot, who learns kind of about the the origins of this list and, and how it's made it is like it. She says something like it felt like the entire school had like voted for me as prettiest. But then I just learned that that wasn't true. It's yeah. not it's not like a group process or anything. It's just literally one person deciding, but everyone is kind of taking it as face value. Right. Um, yeah. I 100% is it fucked up that I say this about I 100% would have been ugliest four years in a row. I don't I I think I was thinking about that too. I was like obviously uh, we host a podcast. Neither of us would have gotten prettiest in high school. I don't think that just says nothing about that's our so physical appearance. That's so fucked up for you to say about me, Franny. That's I. Th- I think that says almost nothing about our our physical appearance and everything about our personalities and the way that we are today. And just like um, the virginity we project, right? Yeah, even exactly. as even as people who are twenty like long term partners, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> virgin um. at heart. Um, but um. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, would I even be like well noticed enough to be to be voted ugliest? Um, I would have for sure. Yeah, yeah. People were very comfortable calling me ugly. That sucks. That fucking sucks. It's fine because I think that it's I think that it's character building. Obviously, I don't wish it upon anybody, and it probably has produced like lifetimes and lifetimes worth of like, internalized, I don't want to say trauma, as Jamie Lee Curtis Ugo, would say. Agophobia. Uh, but it's, like, it is, like, I don't know. I mean, like, I get fucked whenever I want, so, like, 
I'm not going to complain. Like, uh, at the end of the day. Maybe I can get fucked on the bat. I can get fucked on the banshee, on on the beast, on uh, Mystic Timbers. Right. Even Adventure Express. And, honey, I'm coming before we even even hear those drums start to roll. Yeah, I can get fucked on... uh, Expedit or uh, Adventure Express. I can get fucked on Drop Zone. I can get fucked on that big spinny thing that like killed a yeah. kid. You can um, get fucked in Coney Mall. You can be fucked in German Village, an international expressway. I can get fucked in whatever little La Rosa's kiosk I want. I can get fucked. And honey, he's buying me that fifteen dollar. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I literally. I mean, like it, it is crazy. Like I remember always thinking, even you know, as recently as like five, six years ago, thinking like as soon as I can get fucked whenever I want. I'm never going to care about being ugly Dude, again. Dude, literally. And, not, and then it's that's not true. It's, it's like, not totally true, but it's not totally untrue. But it matters less. Because it matters you're like, less, You're like, obviously this person is attracted to me, so it matters less about... For me, it's not that I... Like, my self-confidence has, has gotten that much better, but it's I, I'm much less worried about about how I look. Like, I'm yeah. not focusing on it as much. Well, because I don't you have care a safe space into which you can retreat. Right. You know, there really is some, and like, obviously, like, hopefully as a child, like, your family accomplishes that, but like, you don't want to fuck your family, hopefully. Right. And also, um, you look like them. So, and also, you look like them. Right. I know. Like, I remember Which I know my people grandpa do, but, yeah. would always be like, you're so beautiful. And I would just be like, dog, like, it's because you're fucking obsessed with yourself. Like, this says yeah. nothing about me. Like, this is not helpful. Like, I don't know, like, yeah. oh, I look like you have fucking, like, jowls, thanks. Like, I'll, <laughs> I guess I'll go fuck myself because, yeah. like, it's literally never happening for me. But, no, it is, when you have, like, a, like, when you have built sort of, like, a familial relationship with mm-hmm. your partner that creates that ultimate safe space, it does matter less because you can come home and be like, I feel ugly. And, like, they can be like, but it does, it, it is the same sort of, like, family thing where, like, then, like, Nick will be like, but you're so pretty. And I'll be like, but you, I fucking, we share finances. It doesn't count. Like, but <laughs> you're like, the, honey, I could pull this credit card. Like Exactly. I was like, you're not touching the MX gold this month, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, <sighs> yeah. Anyway, um, let's talk about Miss Miss Abby, uh, the freshman. Yeah. Horrible. Worst character to read. Yeah, she's just a little naive freshman and... Her whole thing is that on the list it says props for overcoming genetics because her older sister, Fern, is smart, but she's also ugly. And she loves—this was the most, like, YA whatever because Fern is obsessed with a—I forget what it's called, but it's a a fictional, like, Star Wars novella series. Space Was Fern maybe going to fuck the teacher? I think she—the vibe that I got was that she does have a crush on the teacher and she was trying to look pretty for him, but I do not think that was in his— his no, mind at all. I agree. Because he was say, just like, well, thanks for sharing that uh, Encyclopedia Britannica article. Right. It didn't seem oh my sexual. God. Yeah. She's such a simp, dude. I relate. Yeah. Yeah. But poor one look, out for Fern. Poor one out for Fern. But she, and so her, Abby's thing is also that she's struggling with school. So it's her kind of navigating this relationship of her, even though she's being called the prettiest, feeling very undervalued in her familial relationship because she's the quote unquote dumb one. And her sister is the smart one. And she, it comes to a head when her and Fern are, Fern has to stay home to tutor her, uh, to tutor Abby. And like, Fern, or Abby's like, well, you know, at least I'm pretty and you're ugly. And everyone knows that because she's mad that Fern didn't congratulate her for, for being pretty, for being right, on because the list. Guys are literally walking up to Abby saying, good job. Right, literally. Not only guys, but in this book, 
uh, every school adult who knows about the list, except for the principal, is like, wow, congratulations. Like, you don't have to run laps today. You were on the list. That was the biggest shock. That was the biggest. I could not suspend my disbelief on that. Because first of all, like, we've obviously both been to high school. All of our listeners have been to high school. No fucking, you could not post anything on the walls of my school without, like, being fucking interrogated. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, if that had happened at my high school, first of all, I've I've told this story on the pod about how I got literally, like, brought into the vice principal's office and my phone taken away and interrogated about my tweets because I tweeted that some girls were bullying me. Yeah. And they were like... We'll see and they were that. like, you're causing problems in our community. And they yeah. tried to take my phone away. And obviously, I was such a cunt that I was like, oh, yeah. call my dad. Yeah. And like, knew that they wouldn't do it because they were, because I was Powers. such a cunt that I was like, I was so like obsessed with exerting power over like these fucking, like the fucking vice principal. Like, yeah. literally, what is wrong with my brain? But like, I couldn't even tweet on my like fucking private Twitter account. Right, without someone someone yeah. noticing it. Yeah. Like, somebody, if this had happened in my high school, school would have been canceled, and we would have had to go into an assembly. Like, the time that they found out that a bunch of girls had a, um, and, and I, I'm not making light of this, this is very serious and very horrible, an eating disorder pact. They Aww. found out a bunch of girls had made, like, a, a pact that they weren't going to eat, and we all had to go to a fucking assembly about it. Yeah. So, like— this would have been, like, fucking earth-shattering. Well, another another dynamic in this book that I do think is interesting is they're in, like, a smallish town or, like, a suburban area where a lot of the faculty of this, this school went to this school. So, yes. like, the cheerleading coach at one point is like, well, I was on the list eight years ago. Like, prettiest junior or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, so at, and then— that, so, and the the thing with the Abby and Fern situation that resolves and that they both are kind of like, you know, realize in each other that they need to support, like, like Abby needs to support Fern. Because Fern, Abby doesn't know this, but Fern was bo- voted ugliest the year before, which was before Abby was in high school. Mm. Um, so they are both realizing that they need to help support each other so they don't, they don't feel so isolated in their one, you know, quote unquote talent. Um so, you know, pretty, I, I would say, average, like, sister relationship. Being or, pretty in, in is a not way, a talent. But, like, that's yeah. something about this book that this book doesn't really deconstruct, is that, like, actually these girls who their whole thing is being pretty have nothing. No, I think, I think, it, I think it actually does deconstruct that. I just didn't feel like it was enough. Like, there was still something, there was still a, a hint of sympathy for even the girl who wrote the list for being ugly. The way they just, I mean, and I get that this is like, it, this is the problem of of mm-hmm. the novel as a genre and and having to write the thoughts of characters but, like, all of the characters the whole time, all they're thinking about is this Jennifer girl, the girl mm-hmm. who is uh, ugliest four years in a row. Congrats, bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, all they're thinking about is how fucking fat and ugly she looks. Like, yeah. that's the whole time all they're thinking about. So when we, for the whole book, are spending the whole time hearing these characters' narration of how disgusted they are looking at the the fat rolls on the back of Jennifer's neck. Well, yeah. It, and I would say, I will say that to me, that seems a little bit contained to the the pretty counterpart to Jennifer's ugly, ugly. I because she also uh, one time she's she's like a circular shape walks towards me and I'm like girl this, she's not that fat this girl is not fat enough that her body creates an entire sphere uh 
Yeah, you know, and, and like, I get that. I get. I guess you're right. Where it's like for this character, Margot, like it, it's it's the root of all fat phobia, which is the fear of being fat. Mm-hmm. You know, the root of all fat phobia is you see a fat person walking towards you, and you're like, "What if I ended up like that?" Right. Yeah. And that's that's what needs to be deconstructed. So I I get that it does it a little bit, but the fact that it still is like some of these girls are ugly and some are pretty, and and the pretty ones like. That's kind of a good thing. Like I, well, I don't know. Okay, I would, I would, I would push back on that because I think at the end when Jennifer is like, "This is why I chose all these people," it had almost nothing to do with how they actually looked. It was, it was about their personalities and their like her personal vendettas towards them, especially because one of the girls. Um, we can move on to the sophomores now. So the prettiest sophomore girl is a girl who just got in from homeschool and her nickname is Horsehair because she has hair so long that it looks like a mane when she's bobbing along. Did you have a horsehair at your school? No, but we had, we, I, in sixth grade, I had, there were a group of fifth grade girls who called themselves the horse triplets, but that was like a self, a self. That was like a sex thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, I, I would think so, but um, no, I, I, we didn't, we didn't have any, no one had a horse reputation at our school. What yeah, about, we, did you guys have horse girls? Yes. And that's all I will say, but there was, there were, yes. Yes. This to me, I felt, I was I like, mean, that's you, a very you, specific. You're from a family of, that, you know, contains a horse girl, so. Yeah, but my sister, I, I would obviously make fun of my sister and call her a horse girl, but my sister occupies none of the none of the um characteristics right of an actual horse girl hot girl horse girl dichotomy um so the and then the ugliest girl is this this girl named Candace who is like the most popular bitchiest girl in her grade who is very physically pretty um but then the list is like beauty isn't just on the on the outside um, so she's being called ugly because she's, she's super bitchy. Um, and I don't know, this, this was probably my, to me, one of the, the, probably the least interesting kind of like duo to read about. Um, horsehair girl, I felt bad for her because she's voted as pretty as she's super new. No one's talking to her. And then like everyone wants to, all these girls want to hang out with her because she's pretty. And then they're like embarrassed by hanging out with her because she doesn't know social cues that well. And also she calls her mom, mommy and her mom is her best friend. Um, So the mom is best friend thing was the mom's fault. It was the mom's fault. The mom was way, the mom had no boundaries with the child. She was trying to get the child to skip school to come have waffles with her. Yeah. Deeply sad. But I, I mean like, I understand, like, people made fun of, people could probably make fun of each other for calling mom mommy. I am, I am mommy all the way. Literally, my mom, I just was with my mom this weekend. I'm mommy, mommy, mommy. Like, I literally, like, I will fall asleep on my mom's lap. Like, I'm a freak. Like You're a mommy girl. I'm a mommy girl, and I'm a daddy girl. Like, I call dad daddy all the time. You, I call dad daddy. I guess as a kid, I used to call my dad, um, like, when I was, like, three, daddy Mike. (laughs) That's hot. My mom was like, no, don't say that. My mom was like, stop. Like, that doesn't. (laughs) She's like, you can't say that. Yeah, my parents, like, I don't know. Mommy and daddy, like, I'm, it really, it. It's just like I don't even like consciously do it, but I'm like, mommy, daddy, please. <laughs> mommy, like, daddy, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm a little baby, but so I don't know. Make fun of me all you want, but well, I was, I, was like, I, I would say to mommy girl, they were they they make fun of her because she is calling her mom mommy on the phone. 
Um, yes, which I yeah. also do. Like, as some yeah. actually, um, I did get made. This is actually very funny. This this memory is coming back to me right now. I did get made fun of when I was a freshman in college, or not a, a freshman in high school. Um, I was on the rowing team. Whoa, I didn't know to, this. You didn't know this? No, you were on the Freshman rowing team. Freshman year of high school, I was on the rowing team. I was quite good. Okay, because I have such Winkle big Voss. thick legs. Yeah, Winklevoss vibes. That's why Nick and I were the Winklevoss teams because freshman year he was also on the rowing team. Okay, I do have to say real quick, rowing. Did you have like the tiny girl coxswains who would be like, yes, I'm so tiny? To carry, I would yeah. have to because I was the hefty girl and I sat in the hefty girl seat. I had to carry the tiny girl into her tiny girl seat. Oh my god. Um, into that, her that's baby. a big yeah. That's a big yeah. moment of like gender dysphoria. I think. Yeah. Like having to be the big girl that carries the tiny girl into her <laughs> tiny little seat. Yeah. Um. Uh. And so I was at we were like at an out of town competition, and we I had to share a hotel room, you know, with like four other girls, mm-hmm. and they all made fun of me because before I went to bed that night. My mother called me, my mm-hmm. father called me, my grandma <laughs> called me, my grandpa called me, and, like, one of my aunts called me. And at the end of every phone call, I was like, I love you so much. I love you Aww. so much. I can't wait to see you. Okay, bye. And everybody was like, wow, like, you love your family so much. You're and I was so like, fucked up. You love your family. Yeah, I was like, yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. All I want to do is cuddle my family. Sorry. Yeah, you you are a family girl. I mean, that's what brings us together, I think, too. Yes. We're, we're both very, we're both family girls. Yeah, like this weekend, I literally was, you know, kind of in a place of stress. And I was hanging out with my my aunt and uncle and my mom and my little baby cousin. And we had this, we had this toy that was in my grandparents' house when I was a kid mm-hmm. um, that— my aunt and uncle now have in, in their house for the for the baby. And it's two, um, it's a little gingerbread man uh-huh. between two strings and you pull on the strings and like pull it up. And I was trying to the the Ruby, the two-year-old, still hasn't figured out how to do it. And so yeah. like every time I'm there, I'm like, let's get this thing figured out. Let's get this yeah. thing figured out. And it's this like family heirloom, you know, at this point. And I was yeah. trying to show her and I yanked on it too hard and I uh, it fell <gasps> down and it cracked in half. Oh and I God. literally fell to my hands and knees and was sobbing. The baby backs out of the room, hands in the air, like literally runs to Nick for I Nick to pick it. her up. Because oh, it's like, okay. She's obsessed yeah, with Nick. She's obsessed with Nick. She thinks Nick is her boyfriend. It's like yeah. not even like Daddy a weird Nick. like heteronormative like baby way. It's like, no, she legitimately is like like coming in on my territory. <laughs> um, and she's young and hot. So it's just like so upsetting. Yeah. Um, but my mom and my aunt literally came in the room and were like rubbing my back, oh like my I was God. like a little baby, and I was like, "Wow, this this really is my life." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you just need to be a little baby. Yes. Um. But so horsehair girl, um, she actually becomes friends with Candace by the end of it because then Candace is kind of learning that some of did her- we say what the Candace what Candace's deal was? Well, just that she is very physically pretty, but she's a bitch, so she was called ugly. Um, and that also her mom does makeup on a news station. Which and is apparently hot. that's enough to buy you a pool, being yeah. a makeup artist <laughs> on the local news. Right. Uh, She's uh, they, right, making bang. Right, exactly. But but then there's also kind of a, a kind of a hint with these girls both have parallel mom relationships in that this mom is really pushing this girl to be very pretty and is even like, okay, I'll buy you alcohol like for your little party. Um Two bottles of rum, to be exact, which is, if you, I just, like, I beg of you, everybody listening, if you have children, never buy them alcohol. They will figure out how to get it themselves. Yeah. Just don't do it. It's so fucking gross and lame. Yeah, it is really lame. Um, So, 
they kind of, Horsehair and Candace kind of become friends at the end of the book because they're both realizing that this group of girls who went changed from Candace to Horsehair when uh, Horsehair was voted prettiest are just in it for like the association, uh, you know, of being with the prettiest girl in school or whatever. And so then by the end, like they, they're kind of friends with each other and they've both kind of, uh, Horsehair has kind of learned to assert some dominance against her mom and, and has trying to tell her mom, like, Hey, it's okay if we're different or if I'm going through this teenage stage in my life. And then Candace is, is learning, okay, like I'm going to be nicer and I need to work on like, why? Like, cause she's mean cause she wants power. And she exactly. loved and she's power. insecure. Exactly. So um, that was their their storyline. Um, you want to tell us about the juniors? Or did you, yeah, the did you have more to say about horsehair? I don't have more to say about horsehair. I, I the biggest thing here was like the weird, the weirdness with Candace. And there was this really interesting scene where Candace is talking to her mom and her mom, you know, because she's this makeup artist, is begging to do Candace's makeup mm-hmm. for the dance. And Candace is talking about how it it makes her so angry how much makeup her mother wears and that it makes her face look fuzzy because yeah. it highlights, you know, like the the hair that we all have on our faces, right. like the little um like Filia peach fuzz, yeah. I guess you can call it. Um and there was a lot in this book, and I'll get it into it more when we talk about the juniors, about like sort of hating your mom because it, it's a it's a vision of what you are going to be as you age and all of the disappointments of aging and the physical things and, you know, the idea of being relegated in ways to motherhood. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's this, you know, she's like looking at her mom in this makeup and being like, her face looks fuzzy. She's wearing so much makeup. Like, what is she covering up? All of these things. It was, it was very interesting. And I I felt well, it was well-written. There was a lot in this book that was too obvious. Yeah. Like it would, it would say it would have a really great little graph, and then it would be like, and that means this, and it's like, okay, well, we can, I think we can assume more intelligence, especially because this book seems to be written for older teens, mm-hmm. because of it's dirty in parts. Yeah, um, they say fuck, they say fuck, and and they and they fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of fucking, our our ugliest junior is this girl named Sarah, who I related to a yeah, lot. Yeah, I was like, this would have been both of us. Yes. Or maybe um, I would have been Danielle and you would have been Sarah. Yeah, I the, I related to this a lot. So she gets, like, named the ugliest, and she's kind of like an alt girl. Yeah, and, her appetite is like, it's like she doesn't even try to be pretty. Yeah. And she decides when she sees the list, she's, she's devastated, but she doesn't want to let it on. So she gets her, like, kind of boyfriend who she just lost her virginity to to write ugly with Sharpie on her forehead, which mm-hmm. I hated his character because it was just, like, totally, Now, here's the like, thing. He, now, part of this book is realizing, like, she, like, sees a picture of his ex-girlfriend and she's like, oh, my God, she was so pretty. Why is he slumming it with me? His ex-girlfriend, who she, he still talks about, he does talk about his ex-girlfriend too much to his current girlfriend. In, in, I in, mean, but at the not not at the like beginning, but then at the end when he's like, "Well, she told me to do this to win you back." Like, I would be yeah, like, "Yeah, but these these are kids, like, right? These are children. Like, he might like he this girl just like might be one of his friends who he dated as a yeah. high schooler because he had strong feelings about her towards a, like as a friend, right? Yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I. I I'm like, we don't know them, but like, obviously like this is a book, so right. they're not real people, but like, it, I don't know. That to me wasn't a total turnoff. I didn't like this character because it was sort of like, 
Well, first of all, he reminded me of Nick, who I hate. Um, <laughs> because he they specifically describe how he loves, like, vintage Japanese fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, no, it was more so just, like, this idea. Like, he was, like, this, like, beleaguered partner to this girl mm-hmm. who loved her no matter what, even though they said she was ugly and, like, always saw the good in yeah. her. And it's like, well, what's Nick? Like, that's well, what real. else does she do other than other than just writing ugly on her? Well, so she gets ugly. She has him write ugly on her forehead. And then she decides to not shower or do any, like, hygienic things yeah. for the week and wear the same clothes throughout the entire week to now, show people how much she doesn't care. I get, I get by the end of the week how, like, gross and nasty she is. At, like, day two of her not showering, they are acting like, yes. like pig I pen, have, Charlie Brown yes. stink ways. And I was like, like, sorry. Hey, it's COVID, too. I'm, sometimes I haven't showered two days in a row. And you know Someday, what? I'll uh, admit it. You know what? I'll go three days. Yeah. Literally. You're not going like, anywhere. The other day I was, I was in, um, I was in a professor's office and he, like, pulled a full piece of, um, like, junk out of my hair. Oh, <laughs> what type of chunk? It was. It wasn't a chunk. It was like a piece of like fuzz that had been in there for a while. Okay. I was it wasn't on, like I was a dandruff. Like a, he wasn't no. like pickaxing. No, it, yeah. it was just like I had like three day fuzz in my hair, and we yeah. were like sitting next to each other working on a project, and all of a sudden he was like, "I'm so sorry." That's like, so romantic. Uh, no, <laughs> he was like, "I'm so sorry. I am gonna pull this thing out of your hair," and I was like, "What? What? What's in there?" And I kind yeah. of like it was like this big piece of fuzz. So like I, I relate. Like I don't. Yeah. You know, I'm always like pits and bits are are yeah, you gotta do the horse bath. clean. Yeah. But like I did you just say the horse bath? Isn't that what it's called? Tits, pits, and bits is what it's called. Which I don't I, I don't yeah. know when you're having to watch your tits that much. I don't wash my tits, do you? Yeah. And then you'll find but, but sometimes if you're, if you're you'll a find Renaissance under there. lady of the night, then yeah. maybe, you know. <laughs> Uh, stuff might be happening that I don't yeah. know about with that, so. I've never heard that before. That's so gross. You never heard horse bath? That's so dark. That's so rude. <laughs> that oh probably, like, came out of, like, that just reminds me like of Lay Miz. Miz. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's our only. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's like, I keep I keep it mostly clean. There are certain days where I got to keep my legs crossed all you day. You keep it juicy, because, juicy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that might have been more, hopefully, I hope that that was more about but again, it's like her pussy must have smelled really bad. <laughs> but like, maybe it was like she was like biking to school and wearing a sweaty t-shirt, the same one three days it's in a row. It's more to me about the clothes, not the yeah. physical. If you because it's Monday to Friday, she doesn't shower, yeah. which they said she had to like wash herself three times in the shower to get the grime off. Uh, bullshit. There are so many people who only wash their hair once a week. Yeah, that's I only not- wash my hair once a week. Yeah, like. Usually, like, and, like, I think it's more so, like, if I wore the same clothes, like, several days in a row, like, it would be gross. For me, it was mostly the shirt. I'm like, this is a shirt that she sweat through. She's actively trying to get sweaty. Yeah, shirt and underwear. I'm like, jeans, I'm like, I certainly, like, have worn the same pair of jeans, like, three days in a row. Bra, yeah, it's it's the underwear and the shirt. The underwear, like, she describes as crusty. Yes, because it would be. Yeah. I don't know about you, I cannot... Uh, there's, like, literally no world where I could double up on underwear days. Yeah. Can't do it. Like, 
Ah, uh, yeah, like that. I I'll spare all of you description, but that would be really. <laughs> let's gross. just say There's, chunks. Let's just say yeah. Chunks let's are just involved. say chunks and crust, dude. Yeah. Like full blown crust. Um, it's like a Marie Calendar pie down there. Exactly. It's it's different textures. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, like this boy, like clearly loves her. They've just mm-hmm. had sex. She's kind of like boxing him out. I did a lot of shit like this in high school for attention. I did a lot of shit like this in high school for attention. And I think that that's the biggest thing. Like, the first time I, like, I I don't know, Nick always, like, says this. And it's it's funny, but it's also kind of sad. Because it's, it only, like, it takes adult brain to look back on this and, like, Uh and realize how shitty I was being. But, like, the first, one of the first times I ever hung out with him, I told him, like, we are never going to have sex. (laughs) Which sounds like obviously know, a reasonable person. Fucked whenever he wants. So on the bat at any La Rosa yeah. stand, anywhere he wants. Um, hey, you, even if you're wearing one of those those no boo sticks around Fright Fest, exactly. you can still get fucked. Right? Exactly. Don't say no cum. Like, that doesn't mean no cum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but like he, like obviously, what he interpreted that as at was me being like. You I am so not ugly. interested in you. You're yeah. ugly. But what what I meant that was is like obviously you never be interested in me. Right. And so it's this it's this sort of cycle as somebody well first of all like it always comes from an organic place like yeah. being told you're ugly over and over again. Yeah. And then you start boxing people out. And that's like basically the whole the whole line with this character. Um mm-hmm. her boxing this guy out and then finally at the end of the book like he takes her to the dance and she finally takes a shower and Yeah. And they're and we they're cool with each other again. Yeah. Um, and then the prettiest junior is just this girl. We got, with we got to give a trigger. Dis- yeah. yeah. Trigger, trigger warning. warning. A horrible eating disorder. Yeah. She's like trying the master cleanse. It's I honestly There's found a, this a full like chapter description of her of her her diarrhea from it. And yeah. this this to me, and I I don't I don't know the right answer to this. But this did seem like a little instructional in a way that I was like, ooh, 100%. Yeah. And I felt like what the author was trying to do was to make it disgusting. Yeah. Which I, I appreciate as, as a choice in a book that's clearly intended for young women to be like, this is fully disgusting. I personally just think anytime you're giving a descriptor of someone having an eating disorder, it will always take on instructional qualities. Yeah. Like there's literally no way to avoid it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean don't write characters with eating disorders, but like. Exactly. Yeah. That's it, not a like, don't write this. It's just a, you know, this it's is the just, world in which we live in. Yeah. It's, I think it's both. And yeah. I, th- I really think it's good. Like I thought that this dis- depiction of how, like there was like, I mean, like it was disgusting. Like what, like they describe like her having diarrhea, her a like lot of, being unable horror. to. Yeah. yeah, it's body horror. It 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 is real. Like her body is, that, her body and organs are are failing, failing essentially. Yeah, yes. And I thought that that was good because I think that we don't see that a lot. We just see like, oh my god, like so and so is not eating. Like this is so bad, and like right. not yeah. really the true. Like when you are doing that. That is what happens. And I, I do feel like a lot of times the narratives in in these types of books are can be counterproductive because it's like, well, because, and this girl's epithet is, um, you know what happened over the summer because she lost a lot of weight over the summer. And then I think a lot of times the narrative in this book goes from girl develops eating disorder, lo- loses weight, 
then loses more weight. And then everyone's like, you look bad. Like you're so skinny. You look sick. Whereas probably this is a better thing to focus on is literally like, you know, this is damaging. She's killing herself. Yeah. This is really damaging to your, to your long-term and short-term health. So that's probably instead of being like, well, just make sure to fall into the certain ratio where it's socially acceptable to have an eating disorder, which like it or not, a lot of these books I think do ultimately communicate and a lot um, of these people do have. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, and and that's a huge problem with, with people being able to get diagnosed with an eating disorder and getting right. treatment is doctors being like, but you're actually a size six, so you don't have one or whatever. Right. Um, but, like, uh, so this was, I think, probably a better way to go about it. But, yeah, again, it, it did, like, especially because she, like, gave kind of the master cleanse. She gives the Yolanda she Yolanda Hadids and that she gives the ingredients and the ratios for the master cleanse. Oh yeah, but I and think, tells tells her it'll Kim it'll cure her alcoholism if she just goes right and, with the lemon goes from to Palm Springs yeah and and goes to the lemon tree and does the master cleanse. Um, yeah, I I agree. I just don't think there's any way. Like I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any way to stop young girls from doing that. And I don't think there's any way to write it in a way that is not at least with a modicum of instructionalism. Mm -hmm. So I just really, I don't think there is a good answer, but I, I appreciated the fact that it did get so disgusting in this book because I feel like so often we only see narrativized like the external behaviors rather than what results yeah yeah we we don't and see the internal we see a lot of the times the ritual of it but we yeah we are not seeing like the effects of it necessarily right and uh, but i don't know it's like i and maybe it's because you know we're adults but like i don't need to read a book ever again that has a girl doing an eating disorder in it like i really it's it's just so it always comes across as kind of like like family like primetime TV like yeah. trying to give me a well, message and there, like there this was idea of, that the yeah. other girls are like I never thought of her as pudgy the fact that she could think of herself as that right. is crazy and yeah. it's like well that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is somebody having a disease, not somebody like thinking that they're fat. Yeah. And then, and then there is some, and I can understand how this could be realistic in that the younger sister of this girl is like, like noticing of, of her older sister's eating disorder and being like, you make me feel bad when you do this, which is that a productive way to go about it? Probably not, but I can imagine a, a, like teens going about it in that, in that way. However, that did strike me as a little bit like, like see how you affect others when you when you do this, which is not a good way to go about it, since obviously it's about that individual. But uh, also, that's how people. That's how this like contagious. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But but there, this book, this there was not enough nuance. This book was not long enough to give all the nuance needed, and I don't even know how you would write a, a really nuance. Like, yeah, I don't know how you would write a book about a, a girl with an eating disorder, and that's not something I've I've experienced personally but like i think it's i think it's hard because i think no matter what one way or another it becomes instructional right it becomes instructional um yeah but then at the end of the book jennifer comes up to this girl bridget and is like congratulations like 
And Bridget's like, actually being on the list, like, fucking sucks. Like, it made me relapse. Because at, at the beginning yeah. of the book, we're seeing her she being, was like, eating. Yeah. she was eating because she knows over the summer, she was like, okay, like, that wasn't good for me, whatever. And she's, like, having to, like, force herself to eat. And then she she relapses, essentially. So yeah. um, that was kind of an interesting thing of, like, but but then the still thing, that, and this was not a plot hole, but Jennifer writing all these epithets, like, she was still kind of mean about it, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, she was fully mean about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Even for for the pretty girls, so right. That's what was so frustrating is that that character was just like so throughout the, the throughout most of the book. You know, like ninety percent of the book, she was so sad and so everybody mm-hmm. just found her so pitiful. And then it was like, well, she just like she's you know she just sucks too. But like, of course, she sucks because she was she's, called ugly for five years. Right. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about what we've talked about them a little bit, but like Margot and Jennifer, the two seniors, um, also kind of had the most backstory because they were best friends in eighth grade. And then Margot kind of dropped Jennifer and Margot because Jennifer was like embarrassing to her. Mm -hmm. But then it's also revealed that Jennifer was reading Margot's diary and like using fodder in her diary to like try to take Margot down a notch to like try to get her to stay friends there was like some gay yeah, stuff yeah not going to be on here I was about to say not to be me but like did you think that there was a queer reading because I did feel like it was it never was totally so addressed yeah why they broke up like if it was really just because Margot thought that they were like thought that Jennifer was like you know annoying and ugly quote unquote like yeah no the whole thing they definitely was very kissed or something yeah I don't even know if they necessarily kiss. Like, I like I had so many relationships like this with people where, like, obviously, like, we— not obviously, but we never kissed. And there was never a moment of peak sexual tension. But it's very real. Like, this, like you don't just all of a sudden, like— I don't, It's so—not to get back to TikTok, but it's such a— it's such a stereotype now. Like, this, like, oh, like, if you— like you're bisexual if you had a crazy friendship breakup. Like, yeah, but it not is to be that, but it is true. Yeah. Like, um, this idea that, like, you could feel this deep sort of, like, this deep obsession with somebody that turns into a jealousy, that turns into a rage, that mm-hmm. then is, like, I have to distance myself from this person because somehow I am defined in relation to them in a way that is more intimate than I am. Mm-hmm than I am comfortable with. Like, that was everything in this friendship. Like, and also this idea, too, Margot had this extreme anxiety as Jennifer mm-hmm. comes back into the friend group senior year of Jennifer talking to the other girls and what yeah. she would say to the other girls about Margot. Like, that, to me, is so queer because not only are we fixating on how you define yourself in, in relationship to this other woman, but also wanting to police the conversations that woman has with other women that are important to you about mm-hmm. you. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Especially the because thing. those other two cheerleaders, I mean, they do kind of get on a thing where they're like, um, let's actually, like, Jennifer, like, everyone's been so mean to her, let's make her homecoming queen. It's kind of like a pet project type thing. However, yeah. they probably wouldn't care that much if Jennifer was like, actually, Margot was mean to me in eighth grade. They'd be like, okay, we're mean about you yeah, other like, times. So that mean to about me you all the time. felt yeah. like something else. Um, what did you make of the kind of at the very end of this book, Jennifer comes in, she is trying to hang out with those three girls and the two girls who are like making her the pet project are like no longer interested really. Yeah, and that was what confusing was, What did you me. think that, do you think that that meant Margot told them like actually Jennifer made the list and like they believed Margot? 
I don't know. I didn't think about it like that. I was very confused about that. I thought I was like, did I miss something? Yeah, me too. Because all of a sudden they arrive at the homecoming dance and they've been gassing Jennifer up before the homecoming dance. And then suddenly they like are just like brushing her off. I think that I think that's what it wants us to think. I think that it wants us to think that Margot told them that Jennifer made the list. And And that Jennifer maybe thought she could win by having this power, but she couldn't. She didn't find these friendships. Um, And then, so basically like, then it's revealed that, like, yeah, Jennifer did this and she's being really bitchy about everyone on the inside. And it's kind of like she's like, well, you know, it's I know I had to go through it, but I got through it fine. Like she's kind of the example of normalizing herself into it. Like it's not that bad that this happened yeah. to me, um, which I think was kind of realistic. And well, it's that I deserve it thing. Yeah. It's like the thing all of a sudden becomes so real and controlling in your life that you're like, well, obviously. I deserve it and so do others. Exactly. Yeah. Like I deserved it. I've gotten through it. And then it's on me then to like carry this forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um and it's that, like a, yeah. it's a perfect metaphor for being inducted into patriarchy by other women. Yes, absolutely. And then so that's how her her she doesn't really have any regrets at the end. No. Um at all. And then at the very end of the book, Margaret gets crowned homecoming queen. And then the very like last line of the book is like she always thought the tiara would be uh, metal, but it's plastic. Book ends. So fucking stupid. Yeah. Such a fucking stupid so, ending to this book. A lot of these characters, like I I've just felt so much I felt so bad for Bridget at the end of this book when she's just like totally relapsed into her disorder and like is feeling essentially affirmed in it yeah. uh, again by this list. But um, you know, I I did like this book and I thought it was an interesting concept. Um, and I thought like most of the characters were pretty well written for writing eight different characters. And that's not something we see a lot in YA books is differentiation between characters in her thoughts. I agree. I didn't, I probably wouldn't read it again just because it is very dark. Yeah. But I thought that it, I would have loved this if I had read it like in like middle school. Yeah. I would have absolutely loved it. Um, But I also just like, I don't know. Like, it it comes back to, like, what often becomes the central question of the podcast, which is, like, if this book strikes your readers where it's supposed to, it's going to be purely instructional. Yeah. And it's going to be, like, it's going to be, I should create a list, and then it's going to be, like, or it's going to be, I am the ugliest girl. Yeah. They kind of, there are some good points kind of made in this book, though. Like, at one point, like... One of them is like, I think there are a lot of yeah. great points. I'm just saying no, no, for I know, the young mind. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, and then, so I think that almost like from like an adult readership, like there were some things I noticed, like the talk about the principal, like kind of her being like too pretty for the, the role essentially, yeah. um, like infantilizing her. Um, mm-hmm. And then like showing that no matter how successful, I mean, you're always going to be tied to your looks no matter yes. what. You can't even yeah. just be a, a, in authority. All of the moms um, in this book yeah. versus the principal. Yeah. That's, the fact yeah. that like, it was kind of never, to me, it was never in question that a, a boy wrote this. No. It, you always knew it was, it was a girl the whole time. Yeah. Um, and then even the idea of like, at some point someone says like, cause the principal is like very concerned about the list when all, which is odd to all the girls. Cause all the other teachers like don't care and yeah. just like ignore it. Um, or are, like, encouraging of it, even. Um, but one of the girls, like, brings up a point, like, well, what's the difference between this and 
like homecoming homecoming queen. queen yes. Even though, like, obviously, you're not naming the ugliest like yeah, person like the at girl homecoming. that is not homecoming queen. Yeah, but but still, that I mean, that is true. And of course, at my school, like, I don't even know how that was decided. It was. It certainly was not as stereotypical. Um, no. But even like senior superlatives, there is yeah. a senior superlative for prettiest, best legs, like yeah, all this so absolutely superficial stuff that is school, you know, funded essentially. So, yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's really true. It does. It does. That was a really good point. Like mm-hmm. it does. Like there are things that we would consider disgusting and extreme, like this list. Like mm-hmm. I think the, the list is a device that's supposed to seem shocking and gross mm-hmm. and to hold it up in relief next to homecoming queen senior superlatives. Like I think yeah. is, is largely the point of this book. And I think yeah. that's a, that's a really good point. And to how bring up. adults kind of can create this culture. Yes. And it was yeah. confusing to these girls when adult an adult was like, um, this isn't good. Like I don't yes. want this to be happening. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's about it. I think yeah. you really put a good bow on it there. Um, as always, this is girls like us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Girls Like Us Show. You can follow our Patreon for five dollars a month. Mm-hmm. You can't even get a foot long for for that amount nowadays. So no, you can't. It's literally you literally can't find a five dollar foot long. No. Um, Maybe vintage, can, but yeah. But you can find our Patreon um, at Patreon.com/slash Girls Like Us Show. You can check out all of our lovely Frolic Media sorority sisters at frolic.media slash podcasts. And as always, our lovely producer is Camden Stacy, and our theme music is by the wickedly talented one and only Leggy. Have a great week, everybody. Do not make a list with Don't ugly girls and hot girls. Don't, Don't do, do it. it. Bye. 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 Bye.